there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hoskin breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I and Glenn ZB in this morning, and we're talking, still talking about this Megxit thing. Harry and Megan, Megan. Uh, I like Shane Jones better, so does Mike. We'll explain why shortly. The supercars are on the move. Mike likes that move too. And we'll finish up um, talking prosthetics, as we often do on this podcast. Uh, but first up, Mike's just catching up with last week's news. This business of the student debt that we were into last week, getting arrested at the border and all of that, gets an easy headline, of course, and I'd assume if I'd checked on social media, which of course I didn't, uh, there would have been some kind of upset or backlash over it. But here's the very simple lesson in life. A lesson, ironically, we're working through at home at the moment with students of their own off to university this year. Study costs a lot of money. And for most, it involves a level of debt. And even if you borrow every cent to study you still have only borrowed a small fraction of the actual cost of getting that degree. And you can argue the student loan scheme is a very generous mechanism indeed that's allowed anyone who is truly dedicated to find their way to the degree of their choice. Now, the downside of the scheme is it never really got taken seriously in the early days. In other words, given you were dealing with 18, 19, 20-year-olds, the ability to borrow, no real questions asked, and worry about it another day inevitably led to them never really worrying about it another day at all. Hence, we've got a $3 billion-plus bill being raked up on the government books. They count this, by the way, as income, which I've always thought is dodgy, given they don't actually have the money, and dare I suggest as each day passes, the chances of an overdue debt being paid gets longer and longer. The sort of people getting arrested at the border didn't rack up the debt last week, and they don't owe $34.50. And one of the headline grabbers owed six figures, and that sum grows the longer it remains unpaid, of course. And the reason that they're getting arrested is because the last government did what the previous government should have but didn't. In other words, take the debt seriously. Expect, um, expect people, basically, who borrowed and got educated and buggered off to actually be held to account. The Clark government literally did nothing about that debt apart from watch it grow and grow and grow. National put an amnesty in place, told them to pay up or else, and magically huge sums emerged. They did deals with governments like Australia, who data shared. More money flowed in. As a last resort, they said, if you don't pay and you are offshore, we will arrest you at the border. Astonishingly, there are those that seemingly didn't believe that, and hence they've been nabbed and got the headlines. You see, education is a multifaceted thing. It's not just about uni or tech. It's about life. And part of life is the responsibility of being a grown-up and owning your obligations and actions. The fact a government needs to put handcuffs on you to get you to live up to what you said you would do is a tragic indictment on those who were happy to take us for a ride and dumb enough to think they could get away with it. Yeah, so basically um, kind of reassuring that Mike noticed some news last week and also reassuring that he basically had the same opinion as everybody else on that story. Um, Now, uh, our... Uh, is opinion divided on the Megxit Harry not being royal anymore situation, or has everybody agreed about that as well? At last we heard from Harry, of course, overnight, having commanded global headlines for weeks up into the monarchy and its traditions, having put his father in a hopelessly sad position, having shown his grandmother a startling lack of respect. He finally broke cover to actually speak to the world and tell us what all led to this. And what all led to this appears to be the media. He was speaking last night at this charity event, of course. He said he wants to go on serving the Queen, the Commonwealth and his military associations, but without public funding. That immediately, if you read between the lines, smacks of PR spin dreamed up by his team in California. I mean, the so-called public money is a comparative pittance. If he's still getting money from the duchy, and that is technically still government money, given it's the domain of the Prince of Wales and the Prince of Wales part of the monarchy, anyway, he said all of that wasn't possible. So if it's not possible, how's he going to do it? How's he going to do the military stuff given he's given up his military roles? He said ultimately there was no other option. 
which simply isn't true. And it gives you an insight into him and his wife and their inability to deal with matters they don't like with a stoic nature. Remembering, of course, his lot is hereditary. It is what it is. You don't bail when it all gets a bit sticky. I mean, you think the Queen hasn't had the odd bad day or month or year. And in that lies the weakness of this whole indulgence. Having grown up with the role models like his grandmother and his dad, people whose life has been given to service, he hasn't seen that or learned from it, hasn't been able to be tough enough to make it work. The media are a force, and they seem to have been the bit he or his wife can't cope with. And yet, what are they wandering off into? Do they think they can vanish in Canada, pop up periodically to wave a charity flag, then vanish again? No one of their ilk does that. The media doesn't vanish any more than the troubles that led them to this go away. In a way... I don't blame them. For all the fun bits, I mean, being royal must be a massive pain. But the key here, and this is where it's potentially a mess, the key question is, is what they are doing going to fix anything? I can't see how. So she voices a few films, he makes a doco, maybe they write a book. Do they stop getting commented on, followed, hounded, speculated on? No. So he's called Harry, not your royal highness. So what? The more this looks ill-conceived, the more it looks like she simply hates Britain, loves Hollywood, and is trying to work out some sort of deal whereby she gets what she wants, given she didn't think the whole thing through properly in the first place and is now making him sacrifice a lot more than she is. I think also, by the way, there isn't a lot of real venom in this. Most people wish them well, why wouldn't you? But muddling through personal issues in a public way only exacerbates the increasingly glaring mistake he's walking into. I mean, royals used to just marry each other. Having watched this, you can see why. So, was he advocating royal inbreeding there? Let's move on quickly uh, to uh, his love and affection for one Shane Jones. Shane Jones, though, I must congratulate this morning. I have said a number of times on this program, I like the cut of Shane's jib. I know a lot of people find him sort of grating, and I can understand why, but nevertheless, he's gone after the climate change activists this morning. And this is this whole business, it's a twofold business. One, the government wants to teach climate change in schools which in and of itself in the purest form is not necessarily a bad thing because it's, a, it's, it's, it's happening in the world around us. How they teach it is critical, and you can um, lay a fairly heavy level of suspicion as to how they would set about that, and it would be very dangerous indeed. So he's gone after that, and also the people saying we need to eat less meat because of climate change, which of course is just crap. And we rely on meat in this country. Uh, dairy and meat and farming in general is the lifeblood of this nation. So he's gone after them, calling them Ebco Bible bashers, medieval torture chamber workers, and he's going to rally against all of this throughout election year, and I think he's going to get some good traction with it. I think there's some genuine um, support to be gained here. And it comes off the back of his dam project in the Wairarapa, Wrapper, which has also uh, angered environmentalists in the usual crowd. He's given them $7 million for this particular dam from the uh, Provincial Growth Fund. I've had a guts full of these aphid lovers. They don't seem to understand in the hierarchy of economic, social, customary, and environmental interests. Human beings are never, ever going to play second fiddle to aphids. And there is a simplicity to what he says, but there's a simple charm to it as well that, as I say, might well play very nicely for him as the election year unfolds. I always feel obliged to remind everybody about the time that uh, he uh, bought porn in the motel or hotel and uh, on the taxpayer dime. I always feel like I should just bring that up every day. Just, to rem- just as a little reminder... And um, I think there was something that Mike was forgetting when he made this comment as well uh, that we'll remind him about at the end. The supercars are moving from Pukekohe to Hampton Downs and Stuffer running a story this morning that the 
sort of the people who are running this knew all about this, and this is all to do with the um, you know the local laws of the land, and you can't have a car race on Anzac Day because heaven forbid you have some fun and make some noise. This is the Auckland Unitary Plan. This is part of the overarching Auckland City Council program of buggering the biggest city in the country so badly that we all want to leave and never live here again. I could probably go into great detail as to what they're exactly doing at the moment, and I might later. Because I'm in that sort of mood, but nevertheless, we, we are considering like much like Amazon with their, um, you know, their second headquarters in the states. That's what we do. We're, we're, we're going to get a M- sort of tender process. MH two, Mike Hosking too. Yeah, yeah we'll, and we'll move somewhere else. Exactly. Anyway, the unitary plan doesn't allow you to have a car race at Pukekohe, and there seems to be some sort of upset. The inference from the stuff story this morning is that five months after announcing the shift to Anzac Day, the promoters didn't tell the supercar people. But here's, here's my insight and expertise. I've been around the track, both tracks, a lot of times. And I can tell you that Hampton Downs is as good a track as you will see anywhere in this country and better than most and certainly better than Pukekohe. And if I was running and I had a choice, I'd stick it at Hampton Downs all day long. It beats Pukekohe hands down. Pukekohe's got a lot of history, a lot of good times, all that sort of stuff, but it's an old track. And Hampton Downs is a new track, an exciting track, a technical track, and it's going to be a fantastic meeting, and the supercars are going to have a fabulous day out. So stop worrying about it. Yeah, the thing I wanted to just remind everybody about there is, of course, um, which track has the most concrete walls? Uh, because Mike's certainly familiar with the concrete walls at Hampton Downs. He, he assures me that there's more concrete walls there than there is at Pukekohe, which I would have thought would have made Pukekohe a more attractive option, but there you go. Uh, we're going to finish up uh, with some... Uh, Replacement parts for us. All the ins and the outs. It's the biz on the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB. More Kiwi innovation flying our flag internationally. It's a good story. Christchurch company Task of Prosthetics. They've come up with the world's first waterproof hand prosthetic. Right. Inventors a guy called Matt Jury. Matt reckons it's advanced enough to disrupt the prosthetic market. The prosthetic market, by the way, is worth globally north of twenty billion dollars. And he came up with the idea actually after breaking his own wrist and he found the tasks, you know, brushing your teeth, washing dishes, and a bit difficult. Uh, it hit the market, and here's the interesting part, hit the market late 17, so it's been around a while, but it's only gone gangbusters recently in North America and Europe. So they've sold hundreds so far, hope, hope, hoping to sell thousands. It's demand grows. Do you think I, I need one? You what? Well, because I hit my thumb with a hammer yesterday yeah, you know, and, and, and it's made putting on socks very difficult. Unco. Yeah, he says unco, and yet, in, in order to hit your, your thumb as accurately as I did, I don't know that you can be that. I mean, I, admittedly, I wasn't trying to, uh, but I really got it straight on. And it's gone purple not just under the nail, but the other side of it is bright purple as well. It's really purple and quite sore. Um, I look like I've voted in a Middle Eastern election. Yeah, where you have to stick your thumb in the ink to prove that you voted and you can't do it twice. Anyway, we've got a bit off topic there. That's uh, likely to happen another uh, couple of hundred times this year as we uh, keep doing the rewrap. I'll see you with uh, episode... uh, What are we up to? Uh, 2,145 tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's serious. It's actually how many episodes we've done. (laughs) 